regardless of the score, we really want to keep getting better every single you know minute on the court. And regardless if it's you know end of the game, early in the game, we want to play defense and uh, and and we want to share the ball offensively and shoot the ball. And you know tonight I think was probably one of our best game in terms of cons- consistency defensively. I think you know every single minute on the court, everyone that came in was uh, was locked in defensively, so it was big. That's Rudy Gobert right there. This is the Hot Takes or Toast. It's question of the day brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. You can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive. The Jazz aren't test driving. They have bought in completely of what Quinn Snyder wants them to do. Rudy Gobert, obviously, speaking of the defensive effort, 75 points by that watered-down team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brings to mind to me, now we know the Jazz uh, earlier in the season had a phenomenal run, 21 out of 22, is that what it was? And right now, what are they on, a six-game win streak? Is that what we got going on? One, two, three, four, five, six right now. That started, they got hammered. The good thing about the Jazz so far that I've been able to see it's just when you think that, uh-oh, man, we got some issues here. There was a time in the beginning of the month, because we're coming to the end of the month here, right? Today's... Uh, March 30th, the, the, the month started. I mean, you can go back to at Miami, uh, February 26th. It's not, that's not that bad of a loss uh, against Miami. Uh, Miami's a halfway decent team. They we went got to the finals last year. Yeah, they've been up and down this season with in and out uh, guys in their lineup, obviously. Uh, so I can't really say that that was that bad. And uh, wasn't the it was the first night of a back to back. A lot of times the teams go and play Miami and Orlando consecutively. I know the Jazz have done that a number of times over the years, and they did it this time. And they did come back and beat a crappy Orlando team the next night. But then the two losses that uh, really got uh, under our skin as Jazz fans and Jazz followers: the uh, New Orleans loss. Mm. Not awful, but they're not a good – I don't think they're a great team. I think they're – to me, New Orleans is like the new Minnesota Timberwolves. We heard for years that Minnesota was going to be good, and I kept saying, well, i got to see it first. And that's where we're, they certainly, certainly shove uh, New Orleans and Zion Williamson down our throat a number of times. Seems like they're on TV a lot. And the Philly loss, that burned. Uh, and then they had, uh, following Sunday, losing to Golden State and getting worked. And then the Washington loss – uh, at the end of the week, they got uh, hammered on that one. So then you're thinking that Washington loss was March 18th, right? And that was just inexcusable. It just did not look good at all. Well, you're thinking, all right, they, at that point, they've wa- lost, what, four out of six? You're thinking, oh, man, here comes the slide. So what do they do? They turn around and they win six in a row. Granted, not against great teams, but I'm not going to go back and and say which of those 20 out of 21 or 21 out of 22, whatever it was, and say which teams were great and which teams weren't. Uh, they all add up. And so if you're 35 and 11, they all count the same. Uh, the question for me in the question of the day is that I ask, are the Jazz back to where they could win the number of games that they won at the rate they won before? And my hot take is yes. I would ask you, are fine listeners that we appreciate and enjoy so very much for so many years here. Do you think the Jazz can win at the rate that they won before? Now, that's an extremely high rate. So losing only one game in 22, 23 games, that might be a little bit out of reach. That's what I was going to say. 
<laughs> that one might be a little too high of a standard to live up to. But but two or three losses in that time? Why not? Sure. Are we too close to the situation to not be able to fully recognize that Donovan Mitchell is now a true superstar? Not a developing superstar, not a budding superstar, but a true superstar player. All right, PK. Are we... Go ahead. Got some stats to back you up on that, though. Yeah, I was going to cite them, but you can too. CBS Sports Head uh, HQ, it's their online mm-hmm. streaming service, put this out. Saw I, that. In the past six games for Donovan Mitchell, 33.3 points per game, 6.3 assists per game, a 55.1% uh, percent field goal percentage, also 47.1% from three, five and one during that stretch for the Jazz. Now, don't forget his ability, degree of difficulty was 9.7. Locke said. 9.7. Now, I assume that's on a scale of 10.0. I would assume so. So you can only get three-tenths of a percentage point more to where it becomes virtually impossible. And yet he made it look so easy at a 9.7. Today, Tuesday, we'll have to ask Mr. Locke about that on Friday. You'll have to remember, remind me. How did he come up with it? Okay. Save that little clip there, Locke, so we can get How did he determine that was a 9.7? What's his criteria? I need to know. You can't just state that. Now, he's a stats guy, so once you put out a number, I'm assuming you have some stats to back it up. If he doesn't have a stat to back it up and he's just talking out of his you-know-what like I do, oh, my gosh, I'm going to come down so hard on him. I can't wait till Friday to be able to hammer him on that. I'm not going to let him get away with that. So he better have some stats to back up his 9.7, right? That's only logical, Yaka. Am Am I speaking out of line here? No, I think you can... You can hammer him if you want. Oh, I better. You better believe I will. And, I mean, I got plenty of opportunity to speak out of line. I've made a living speaking out of line. So I intend to let him know you just cannot come up with some outrageous stat like that, 9.7. But the point is, Mitchell is elite. Now, okay, he hasn't done it to this level in the postseason. All right. We'll worry about that when we get there. And this team has not proven anything. They've proven jack in the postseason. I understand all that. But when you look at what they've got going forward, why can't they roll out a streak that is at least close to, probably not just one loss in 22 or 23 games? I understand that. Uh, I, I get it. Uh, but when you look at it, you know, and, and watch it, we say this and they'll turn around and lose and I'll look stupid. It won't be the first time tomorrow at Memphis. Uh, And I consider the Memphis game a tough game because they will have played them uh, three times since Friday. And trying to sweep in the NBA in a postseason series, how many times does that happen? Although if you're looking at a one and an eight, which if Memphis gets in, you know, it's probably what it's going to be in some form uh, of the format with uh, play play into the playoff thing that they got going on. So maybe that's what it ends up being when you see sweeps a lot of times, obviously, it is the one versus eight. That's going to be the biggest discrepancy in the seeding that you could possibly have. So here, uh, they win this. I mean, then this they come home. Uh, Chicago and Orlando? Oh, come on. Dallas, uh, I'm looking forward to a week from tomorrow, the Phoenix game. That's an ESPN game down there in Phoenix. Uh, local time, I think uh, our time is uh, 8 o'clock of the Arizona this time of year. Yep, they're an they're hour behind. An hour behind us, yep. Uh, my parents are gone now, but I used to have to explain that to them uh, about 20 times a year. Uh, 
exactly what the time difference is because half the time in the standard time, we are on the same time. But when we go to daylight savings, they stay. So they don't change clocks in Arizona. The last thing they need in most of the state is another hour of daylight in the summer. It's already too hot. And I think it was in the fourth game of the season, fourth or fifth game, the Suns got them up here. But clearly, obviously, so much has changed since then. And the Suns second place, man. So that's going to be a huge game for them, for sure. And it's not like they got uh, cream puff games coming up all along. Uh, Portland should be decent. Uh, The revenge game in 13 days against your Washington Wizards. And then in two weeks, the big series with the Lakers. But who are the Lakers going to have? Probably not going to have both of the stars. Uh, And uh, we'll see what Drummond does. I'm really interested to see where Drummond ends up as far as his playing time and his production because he is a productive player. And speaking to some folks down there, they think that uh, Drummond can be what they're asking for him and with the two guys that they have and the two stars that they have, that he can be a difference maker. Now, he's not a difference maker on his own, but with what the uh, Lakers hope to have in the postseason, he can be a difference maker. He can provide a difference. And certainly he's providing a talent that they don't have. Uh, But... I don't know that they'll all be uh, at full strength when we get to the 17th and 19th of April. It's a Saturday and Monday, and they get to spend some time. It's a rare on Saturday afternoon game on the April 17th. So fatigue and all that stuff shouldn't be that fa- much of a factor. Although in the first game, now that I look at it, uh, wow, is this true? Yeah, yeah, I was looking at this too. <laughs> 1 o'clock on a Friday against Indiana, if I'm not mistaken, and then Saturday a 2.30 game against the Lakers. So they have a Friday day, a matinee, like a baseball matinee that's, on Friday, April 16th? That's what it says on the schedule. I have checked, And I have checked multiple schedules to see if there's a discrepancy there, but I have seen 1 o'clock is the tip time on that Friday. Wow. And I can't explain why, because there doesn't necessarily appear to be anything that would be stopping them from playing that night. But maybe it's just because the NBA is expecting that to be a marquee game on the Saturday that they're moving the Jazz game up to give them time to get to L.A. Or are the Clippers playing at Vivid uh, Friday night like they do at Staples? You know, they have the game earlier in the day and then the game later at night. Uh, <laughs> nice doubleheader or something. The Stars, are they playing? Well, star season is over. So. I know. <laughs> they had the Orlando thing going on for those guys uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, yeah, wow, I just noticed that. I had no idea. Uh, that'll, that'll be a talking point when we get there. Friday, April 16th, a 1 o'clock tip time at home right here in SLC yep. against the Indiana Pacers. Has that ever been done? Ever? On a non-holiday? I don't think so. Yeah, right. MLK Day, I know they played games. For years, uh, when I worked at Daily Breeze down in California, and my wife was a school teacher at Washington Prep right there in South Central, that uh, obviously they would be off on MLK Day, and the Lakers would always play like a 12:30 game, and we would go every year. Uh, we got, I got tickets through work, and we would go because uh, she was off and I, I was working nights. And so we would go to that game. So, yeah, you're right. On, ho- on weekends and, and special occasions such as MLK Day, they would do that. But uh, let's uh, Friday, April 16th, is, I don't think that's some holiday unless I'm missing something. 
That, that's going to be a talking point. Uh, we'll get DJ's opinion on that when he comes back for sure. That, that's going to be real interesting. So they have two days back-to-back day games. This is, this is like baseball and football and college basketball, which they've got games all over the place and time of day. That's pretty cool uh, that they uh, set that up for that. So I'm excited for that. So I, I really believe that the Jazz had this opportunity to go on a, a little bit of a streak here. I don't see why not. I mean, they're 35-11. and 11. They're playing really well. I put the question up on Facebook. Uh, Alex, they look to be in full control with great focus right now. They have done far better than I could have ever expected. Life is great as a Jazz fan. I agree. Uh, Masa, honestly, competition hasn't been as good lately, but a win is a win. Okay. I'm not just going on the 39-point beatdown of uh, Cleveland. I'm going about uh, on the way they're playing. Mark Jones asked me after they have another 21 out of 22 games. Now, I don't think that they're going to go on that level of a streak because I didn't think they were going to go on that level of a streak when they played them, when they went on that streak. I thought that was uh, asking too much. Christopher McDonald doesn't want to hear it. One game at a time. He hashtags it with relax. Relax. Why can't you be relaxed and be excited? Tyson, at what point do we recognize Rudy as our MVP and being the MVP on the best team in the league should put him in MVP consideration? Now, I've been seeing a bunch of MVP talk and, and been listening to a lot of NBA radio with the satellite uh, that I got uh, releasing this car out of Tim Daly Southtown and this thing came with it. I'm going to renew it because I enjoy listening to uh, NBA TV and or uh, NBA TV, NBA radio, I should say. And uh, boy, when they list the MVPs, you got to go a ways before you get to uh, Mitchell. Lillard still gets a lot of run, and I don't have any problem giving Lillard a lot of run. But I think Mitchell and Gobert have got to be there too. They've got you've got to reward winning. Winning statistics uh, matter, and to me, the number one statistic is winning. And if you have the best record in the league, which right now they're on track to do, we'll see when we get there, but, boy, they should deserve serious consideration, both of those guys. Uh, Either one, they should be high. Should they be top five? Boy, a Jazz team that's just out here in the middle of nowhere having teams, having two players. I mean, obviously, Letter Carrier got it a couple of times during his day, deservedly so, I believe. And I think they got to start Not throwing some recognition. Not according to some, but you're right. Uh, well, I, I didn't have any problem with it. I, I mean, didn't have a problem with it either, but I'm a biased <laughs> Utah native. But there are some that still say that his second MVP award was the most illegitimate MVP award in NBA history. Really? Yep. Most illegitimate in NBA history. Hmm. I don't remember that, but uh, and I had a bias, not that I'm a big, hardcore life jazz fan, but just watching him bring it night after night was uh, off the charts, that's for sure. All right, coming up next, I want to get to something that Craig Smith said in his introductory press conference with the University of Utah, with Mark Harlan on Saturday. Stay with us. We'll get to that next right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.